in our gospel for this upcoming weekend, uh, we jump back into ordinary time, and it's kind of weird that we um, we already kind of jumped in with our daily masses, but now we had two Sundays with both the Feast of the Holy Trinity and the um, the Solemnity of Corpus Christi, and so now we're kind of we just jump right in midstream, and we've maybe lost the pace of the narrative a little bit, so. Um, our, our gospel this upcoming weekend comes from Matthew's gospel, which is where we're in for year A. And um, Matthew's gospel is, is broken into the five great discourses um, that, that our Lord, in, in a very, Matthew organizes everything very nicely, that our Lord um, gives five kind of larger scale um, sermons, and the most popular, obviously, is the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7, Matthew's Gospel. But uh, the second one is is what we will be reading from this weekend, which is his our Lord's instructions to the apostles. Um, and that this is the, the apostolic discourse. As he's sending the apostles out, he gives them all these instructions. And so it can be helpful for us today um, to consider the apostolate and to consider what our our apostolic outreach looks like and and the foundations of that outreach uh and christian evangelization and all of our apostolic efforts are always meant to be done with tremendous confidence that we need to be confident in our apostolate we need to be confident um when we spread the gospel uh our lord says Um, don't be afraid of those who kill the body, uh, but they, they can't kill the soul, right? That there's, there's always going to be worldly powers that, that oppose our apostolate. And now the apostles need to know to not be afraid of that. And that this is something we should pray for, for our church, that particularly our apostles and the success of the apostles, the bishops, um, are never afraid of those, of those worldly powers, that worldly powers have no power over the gospel, and we need to remember that in our own apostle, when we go out, if there's worldly opposition, and that's not just um, from, you know, civic structures. There's definitely times of persecution in the church, but this is not just meant to be the, the civic persecution, but it's also persecution from those who are just so wrapped up in the world that the supernatural vision, which we have, uh, and that we... Um, share in our apostolate is it will be opposed by those who are wrapped up just in worldliness and uh, um, don't be afraid of them though like our Lord's saying and when we therefore you know it's it's interesting because our Lord says like don't be afraid don't be afraid um, he's recognizing he knows because he knows the human heart that we are afraid that we do get afraid of these things that it is um it can be very, we can be very nervous with our, when it's time to, to proclaim the gospel, to, to preach. And we have to preach with tremendous naturalness, right? It's not about um, uh, trying to stand up on the street corner and uh, be thumping our Bible, right? Like, no, we gotta, we preach with naturalness, but there, there comes a time and we can't be cowards about it when we have to, uh, we have to say, we have to invite someone to mass. We have to invite them to, to holy hour. We have to invite them um, well, we have to, we're just saying like, no, I'm, I'm going to mass and, 
you know, maybe they didn't even know that we were Catholic because we've been living with just such naturalness and professional um, competence. And maybe they didn't even know that we were Catholic, but that they, there comes a time to say like, no, I am. This is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what I do. This is what I don't do. Don't be afraid of those who, um, who kill the body, um, but, but can't kill the soul. Um, rather, what should we be... Um, But it's better um, to fear him who uh, can destroy body and soul in Gehenna. Um, that, that's the devil that we want. And again, this is not a, we've got to be so afraid of the devil. Like, no, no, no. But that um, sin and the evil one, they're like, yeah, stick away from them. Um, that that's not worldly, worldly powers, worldliness has no power over us. We're sons and daughters of Almighty God. Um, but that, the evil one, um, when we give ourselves into into his control and his dominion by going down the path of sin, um, that that's something that we wanna wanna be afraid. We should have a healthy fear of ourselves, a healthy, not overly so. But you know, Saint Jose Maria, whose feast day we celebrate on Friday, would say like, I, I'm capable of committing all the sins and all the errors, you know, in the whole world. And like, this is a saint. He's saying this at the end of his life. Like, this is one of the great living saints at the time of the church when he's saying it. But he's, he has a healthy awareness. I'm capable of committing terrible sins. But God loves me. And he keeps me from that. And so we, we with good um, humility, but healthy recognition of uh, the need to avoid occasions of sin. Um, we're not afraid. We're not afraid of the world. Not afraid of those who uh, have the power... Uh, in the world. And that this um, confidence, as I mentioned, it's rooted in our divine filiation. And that that's what's going to really give us confidence. It's, it's the divine filiation. It's that we are sons and daughters of the Father. And that uh, this is where our Lord goes to. Um, aren't two sparrows sold for um, a small coin? Like it's, um, it's a very small amount of money. And now one of them falls to the earth um, in Latin, it's sine patre vestro, without, without your father. Um, it gets translated in our English as without your father's knowledge, and maybe that's what the idiom is, but I don't know. I like it better just like without your father. Like, it's not that, oh, well, God knows what I'm going through. No, 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 God's with us. Like, the father is with us in this, sine patre vestro. Not one of them falls to the earth, sine patre vestro, without your father. Like, that's, that even the sparrows aren't abandoned by Almighty God. The, 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 spirit, the Father doesn't, never abandons us. He's our Father. Um, that we are, um, we're never alone. We're never abandoned. The Father's always looking on us with love. And that we, um, yeah, that we are really meant to uh, live in that sense of divine filiation. And that that's where our, where our confidence comes from. And to recognize in, in every moment, particularly moments of, of um, discouragement, moments of, of fear, of worry, that no, I'm a, I'm a son of the Father, I'm a daughter of the Father. You know, one of the great graces in the life of St. Jose Maria was this awareness, this recognition of, of his divine filiation. He called it a new Mediterranean. There were a couple of big changes that happened in his prayers, and there's an ebook that's available called New Mediterraneans, which goes through these, and it, it's a really, um, it's an awesome read. But it uh, ends short. But uh, these new Mediterraneans, this new kind of um, 
way of praying that would open up to him, that, that the father was just so good um, to this, this priest from Spain in the early part of the 20th century, that he opened up for him new ways of prayer that are as old as the gospel. There's nothing, there's nothing like, oh, this is so novel, but just a, a renewed love for these very basic things. Sometimes our spiritual lives can get so complicated that there just becomes so much stuff and that our Lord needs to say, like, oh, oh, stop, hold on a second. Like, let's not, um, don't get ahead of it. Like, just, I'm your father and I love you. And then St. Rosemary says, like, you know, it was this one day this grace struck him. You know, God's my father. And he just couldn't stop saying, Abba, Father. He's actually, he was riding the, the streetcar, the tram when it happened. Picture someone, like, on the bus. Picture a priest on the bus just going, like, Abba, Father. Like, Abba, Father. People must have thought maybe he was crazy. He has no idea how long this lasted. And it's God opening up this new Mediterranean for him. That divine affiliation is nothing new. Awareness of divine affiliation is nothing new. But that we need, like, we need to decomplicate things a lot of times and just go back to, I'm a son of God. When things get so worked up and there's so much going on, like, yeah, but I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. The Father loves me. And then we just pray, Abba, Father. And just say it. Um, and Abba is not, uh, Abba, some people say it's like daddy. It's more dad, like in, in Italian they have babbo. And, and even it wouldn't be weird for a, for a, which is just sounds a lot like Abba, babbo. But it's not weird for like a grown man in his 40s to still call his father babbo, right? It's a very normal thing. Um, whereas if I called my father daddy, if I called him like, hey daddy, what's up? Uh, I, that he'd be like, that's a little weird. What's going on, right? But uh, dad, Babbo, Abba, that and that's I think that's so important. Our relationship with the Father isn't weird, right? We can't we can't have this weird relationship with the Father. And none of our life of prayer is meant to be weird. It's meant to be with perfect naturalness. Babbo, Abba, Dad. God's my dad. There, there's actually this YouTube series that's going around, and it's getting um for Father's Day this weekend. It is um, getting a lot of press. It's, um, Dad, how do I? And it's this man who was abandoned by his father at a young age, and he just is making simple YouTube videos, um, particularly for men, about, like, dad advice. You know, Dad, how do I tie a tie? And so he just goes through and he explains how to tie a tie. He explains, he teaches how to shave. He teaches what certain tools are, that we need that relationship with, the, with Dad, that we can just ask these things or talk about these things. All the more so with our Heavenly Father. We need to be able to just talk to our Father. Not in a weird way, but in just total naturalness. This Mediterranean, this, this new uh, awareness of this was opened up for St. Jose Maria that day in Madrid. Um, and it's something that's open to us. And particularly through his preaching and teaching is, is something that we still um, should be more aware of. It's nothing new or fancy, but my divine affiliation. Um, the Father loves me. And not, not a single sparrow falls to the ground without your Father. I, if we ever think I'm alone, I'm abandoned, I'm doing this all by myself, no one's supporting me, I don't know what to do. Yeah, but not a single sparrow is falling to the ground without your Father being right there with him. Or her, if it's a girl sparrow. Um, we, you know, are, are always loved and cared for by the Father, who's always with us. 
all the hairs of our head have been numbered. For some of us, that's easier than others. Um, but then our Lord says, um, don't, don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. And I don't know, I've just been praying with that line this week, and as we hear it in the gospel tomorrow, like, don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Um, it's so beautiful. Like this is our Lord teaches, shows us the Father, right? This is the point. The Son shows us the Father and always points the, the Father out to us. We should talk to Jesus about the Father. Like I wonder, do we ever do that in our prayer? Do we talk, do we talk to Jesus about the Father? Um, and do we let Jesus teach us about the Father more than anyone else? Like, does the Son teach us about the Father? And do we ask, do we ask you, Lord, to, to show us the Father? Um, that's what Philip says at the, at the supper. And it, too, it's kind of, it's a little foolish. Show us the Father. That'll be enough. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, just give me everything I've ever wanted for all of eternity. That's enough. That'll be enough, Lord. <laughs> like, don't worry. Um, but even this line, you know, no te ergo temere, multis passeribus meliores estis vos. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Like, sparrows are worth nothing. <laughs> Basically, he just said they're sold for a small coin. Like, hey, don't be afraid. You're worth more than many goldfish. Like, it's just so, it's a little, <laughs> there's something that's so consoling about that, that even the little things are taken care of by the Lord, but don't, don't be afraid. You're, you're worth more than many sparrows. Like, duh! Um, but that's so beautiful. Like, again, these, this is the familiar, the, the very, this is the familiar way that our Lord has of teaching us. And this is what we need, right? He's not faking it. Um, and when we listen to the words of, of the Lord in, in Scripture, and we can pray, you know, um, we can pray with scripture again and again and again. And we've read it so many times. It just kind of washes over us and we don't pay attention. That's why it's sometimes good to go through in another language, particularly one that we don't know that well as we got to learn and study and because it, every word you focus on. But don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. It's just, it's just think about the way our Lord would say that to us. Um, you're worth more than, than many goldfish. Don't you worry. Uh, that's so beautiful. Not one of them survives the trip from the bag into the bowl. You're without your father. Um, but you're worth more than many goldfish. Um, you're worth more than many sparrows. Uh, the father loves us. Um, but the, that our Lord has that, that very familiar way of, of speaking about us and speaking to us and teaching us. Um, and then he goes, he goes on, um, all those who, um, who confess me, um, before, before man, I will confess before my father who is in heaven and there to, it's just like, oh man, like, cause just think about that. Like the son says to the father, Hey, look at that one right there. Like that's father Casey. That's what Father Casey is doing. Like, if I knew that, I don't like, the Archbishop, when even some more important than the Archbishop, but let's sit, start with the Archbishop. The Archbishop, like, in his meeting with Pope Francis this past year, said, like, hey, we got this priest, Father Casey, he's doing this, he's doing that. I'd be like, you mentioned me to the Pope? Are you kidding? But not only that, picture, like, again, like the head of state, like, a, the, the president has a meeting with the Pope, and they've only got a few minutes, and what does he say? Hey, there's this priest in my country, Father Casey, and he's doing this and he's doing that. And it's just like, you mentioned me? Like, 
the president knows who I am, regardless of who the president is, but the president knows who I am. And he mentions me to the Pope? Like, really? And then that's in a worldly level. How much more so the son knows who I am? And because I've um, confessed the son before, before others, because I've taken this task of apostolate seriously, um, that the son acknowledges me before the father. The son talks about me to the father. That intertrinitarian love that the son talks about me to the father and the father's proud of me and says, yeah, I know that's my boy, right? And that there's something that's so beautiful about that. I remember on a, um, on a retreat, after a retreat uh, when I was in seminary, this is um, one of my classmates is a priest now in the Diocese of Duluth. Really good guy, but like total, total hockey player and fan and Minnesota hockey just style, like it's all hockey. And he was sharing this grace that the way that, you know, that there's something that dads are proud of when their sons are playing hockey and they get hit and then they get up and then they hit the guy back. And even sometimes when they fight, like, and they're having a rough go, like, it's like, there's something like, that's my son right there. Like, that's my son who just dropped his gloves and stick and is now in a bit of a hockey fight and then goes to the penalty box. Like, that the father kind of looks at us like that. Like, when we get, when we're getting hit and getting hit again, right? And it seems like we're meeting obstacle after obstacle after obstacle. The father still looks and says, that's my son. That's my daughter. Like, that's the proud of us. Um for staying in the game. And that the, there's something that's so beautiful and that the son is acknowledging us to the father and the father's like, yeah, I know. Like, look at, all the, look at all the hits they've taken. They're still in there. They're still skating. They're still playing. They don't quit. Um, there's something so beautiful about the way that the son will speak about us to the father and the father um, acknowledges us um, and, and is like, yeah, that's my son. That's my daughter. And so then all these sentiments that we have in our life of prayer, right? All this desire um, uh, for when we were talking to our Lord, you know, again, just tying all this into yesterday's feast, um, that what can we do? Like, okay, so what's the most effective thing I can do? Um, I have nothing. I have nothing that I can pay pay our Lord with. I'm, uh, you know... uh, it is, uh, what, what, what power do I have? Because if we just judge power by worldly power, um, then yeah, we're, we're, we're powerless. In it. We, have, we, we, we got nothing. And particularly in the midst of the world and the situation in the world and the situation in the church, like I got nothing. We can't, we can't make big changes. Um, what can I do? Uh, there is a line in a, in a book, I believe in love, a little retreat based on the teachings of St. Therese. And it's just repay love with love. Like God loves us so much. Our Father loves us. We're worth more than many sparrows. And so what do we do? We repay love with love. We take our love, our human love, and we give that to the Lord. Like that's the most effective thing we can do. And in reality, it's probably the thing we where everything else we're kind of maybe out of our league. The best thing we could do. And this is the most practical thing. The most practical thing we can do for all the problems in the world and the church right now, repay love with love. The Father loves us, so we love the Father. We repay love with love. I've got nothing else that I can do. Most important is that I repay this love with love. That we we come before you, Lord, in this time of prayer, in our love, 
that we love you and we confess our love for you, that we grow in this love for you, that we rest in this love for you. Um, just to rest in love, I'm, I'm reading uh, Jacques Philippe's book on interior peace right now. Um, and then we just abandon ourselves into, um, we just abandon ourselves to love. And just, you know, sometimes with, with quiet stillness, um, that we just think that's, that's what we need. We can, one can never insist enough on the necessity of quiet meditative prayer, the real source of interior peace, that just to be here with our Lord. And sometimes we don't need a lot of words, but we just be here. The beating of our heart can be as much of a prayer. With every beat of my heart, it's an act of love for the Lord. Um, that we repay love with love. We grow in holiness. If we do that, we grow in interior peace. Um, there's a line here at the very beginning of, of the book. Acquire interior peace and a multitude will find its salvation through you. That the most effective thing we can do in the apostolate is grow in holiness. Um, it's like a type of physics. It's like a spiritual physics. It changes the center of gravity. All other things start shifting around it when we are the saints that we're called to be. When we have that holiness, um, when we know our relationship with the Father. Then our apostolate, it, um, it's not something shallow or superficial. It's not something just made up. It's not something we're reaching at but rather it is, um, it's something real. Our Lord says, um, what I speak to you in darkness, say it in the light. Like what we, what we experience here in the, in the quiet of this chapel, like that's our apostle. It flows, flows from our interior life and our interior conversation with the Lord. And so it's not, um, let me study this argument to tell this person. No, no, what, I, what I've said to you in darkness, here in the quiet, in the, in the dark, the contemplative dark of, of this time of prayer, well, that's what you should be preaching. That's your, that's your apostolate. Et quoden aure auditis predicate supertecta. What you, what you hear in your ear, we hear just the, the whispering of the love of the Father and the Son, the breath of the Holy Spirit, giving life to the whole thing. That, that's what you're supposed to preach and proclaim, right? It's not, um, it's not that like, oh, I've, I've got this great study treatise that I'm, that's what I'm going to preach. Like, no, no. Preaching comes from the encounter with you, Lord. Apostolate, being able to spread the gospel to people, being able to teach about you. It's what I, what I hear in the, in the whisper, the whisper in my heart. Um, that we go and we share with love and naturalness. Our apostolate flows from our interior life. This is the, the whole principle of the soul of the apostolate. The apostolate is just an overflow of the interior life. And so it's the same stuff of the interior life. It's the, it's the fruit of prayer. I'm sharing the fruit of my encounter with the Lord because as I get to know you more, Lord, in these times of prayer and I fall deeper in love with you, as we know the Father and we become really convinced we're, we're worth more than so many spheres. We, as we meet the person of Christ in the scriptures, we want to imitate him more. Like these are the things that we proclaim. Our, our faith grows. Our knowledge of the faith grows. 
um, that we're not we're not just speaking empty words or something we read in a book one time, uh, but it's all passed through the love of contemplative prayer, of just interior peace, that slow act of love for Almighty God. We have to root all of our apostolate in our sense of divine filiation, which gives us confidence. And from that divine filiation uh, comes the overflow of, um, of the apostolate from our interior, our interior life. Our God loves us so, so much. Uh, our Father, our Father knows us and cares for us. Our Lord teaches us about the Father, speaking to the Son about the Father. Um, and all of this was um, very beautifully lived out. Um, the great model of this is, of course, Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Today we celebrate her Immaculate Heart, this heart which just beat with so much love for her son, like Mary's Immaculate Heart. And so we ask Our Lady on this um, celebration of her Immaculate Heart um, to form our hearts after her own likeness. Um, the Immaculate Heart of Mary um, is a model for us. And so we ask Our Lady on this, her feast day, to, um, to continue to pray for us, um, that we, as we entrust ourselves to her Immaculate Heart, and she keeps us in her motherly heart, um, that she as well teaches us how to, with every beat of our heart, live in the love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.